Well, howdy, folks. This is America's number one business news podcast, Market Explainer, brought to you by myself, Danny, <laughs> and also occasionally my host, the big man. He's sitting right over there. That's right. He wears a cowboy hat, even though we're both out in the Wool Texans. Um, he's trying to one up me. That's why so, I wear a cowboy hat. What are you talking about? This yeah. I was born with one of these on my head. All right. <laughs> Uh, before we jump into this first story about just a massive acquisition that's going down in the marketplace mm -hmm. right now, I want to tell you about our exclusive Patreon that is live that anybody can join. At our top tier, you can call us nasty names. Call Danny nasty names. I, I don't. There's nobody out there that wishes me ill will. We know that from our oh, no. current. There's um, at least one person, comments. and I'm right. Here. That's <laughs> um, our, we know that by our current internet comments that da right. Danny is always the one that people don't like. It's it's. That's not true. All I have for you is disdain and venom. Uh, you can go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/MarketExplainer. You right. can join our board of director. In quotes. I don't want any of you thinking you joined our legitimate board of directors <laughs> and then suing us later when we didn't like call because there's a distribution and we didn't call you for a board vote. And you're just like, well, I paid for their Patreon. I paid <laughs> Danny wants nothing to do with no one. Believe me, he wants nothing to do with any one of you. That's correct. Now, I don't know if you're ready for this, people, but yeah. <clears throat> Norton Lifelock, which is apparently one company, which I don't know where I was for that merger um <laughs> is going to acquire avast which is a different uh cybersecurity like um yeah. spyware company they're all software. spyware junkware slash um you know uh virus protection yada right. yada yada yadas um the difference between the two being norton started off originally as a paid software right it's been pay around only. forever pay only software avast is one of those freemium softwares that came along several years ago that a lot of people liked a lot better than norton um not only because it was free but you're talking about competing companies and when you talk about virus spyware and stuff like that you're talking about predictive algorithms and knowing okay this virus is new the spyware's new and you're talking about an industry that's always trying to figure each other out right? right every every virus hacker spyware out there maker data collector is trying to get by any virus protection spyware protection whatever constantly right. and vice versa they're trying to figure out the hackers so that, that they can prevent it and that kind of stuff so you're talking about really two different industries but it really boils down to this purchase really boils down to what we always talk about. They're buying the, how many is it? 435 million freemium subscribers. Is it that many? 435 million it, people at some uh, level between I'm, free and paid yeah, subscribe right. to Avast. Right. And I don't know how their technology works, but... On some level, there is a computer learning element here, which is spread our our stuff out wider. You know, they're probably learning about what sort of attacks are coming. Because if you're at the lower level, you're at that free mm -hmm. tier on Avast, you probably don't have tons of computer knowledge. And so you're probably clicking on dumb things. And yeah. so they're on some level pro probably, I don't know, probably recording that information and learning from it and learning that, 
hey, these are the attacks at the higher level. So they're, they're a little more adequately prepared to actually protect their customers. Now me, as a creative genius and a corporate structurist, as I like to call myself, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think what, you know, this is a b deal valued anywhere between 8.1 billion with a B billion dollars, 8.6 billion dollars. Um, I think that there's going to be, I believe that Norton Lifelock Avast, whatever they end up calling themselves, which probably mm -hmm. should just be Norton Avast or something. I don't know. There's too many names here. I think what they need to think about going forward is the, the, the business they're in is fear, right? We, we, right. They, they deal in fear. That's their business. People are afraid, so they want to protect their assets. Mm -hmm. In the world we live in today, you and I were talking about this before we um, started recording, something called the freedom phone out right now. We're not getting right. any opinion on the no, freedom phone. No, just no. saying I'm not buying one, but I do believe people are concerned with their privacy on their phone. Absolutely. And so if I'm Norton lifelock of ass and I'm this new $8.6, a $8.6 billion venture. The thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on developing a new product for people to encrypt their phone, something. Maybe I come out with a hardware, to, I, because there's plenty of options they can go to in China to acquire a small manufacturer of devices. You know, they can come out with their own version of Android. There's a million options. But I'm just saying, if I'm Norton Lifelock of Ast, and I'm trying to look at the future, how do we continue to grow our enterprise? That's what I'm doing. I'm giving them free advice here today. I know that the CEO mm -hmm. is obviously watching this show, which <laughs> all CEOs do. We are the world's number one business news podcast, so we why are. wouldn't you be watching? I think that's what they do. I think they need to focus on developing something because I think the market is starving for that. Like I was saying, their business is fear. That's what they're selling. Well, and look, I, everybody from how look how many industries truly everybody says, "Oh, our industry applies to so many facets." No, this cybersecurity is something that affects consumers, small businesses, and large businesses. It's, right. you, how many articles have you read in the last eighteen months about everybody at all different kinds of levels of all kinds of different stuff? Here's the deal, though, and and this is you and I have talked about a lot of purchases and 8.6 billion dollars sounds like a lot of money that's what they're going to pay ballpark for vast so they're actually they're a much on? bigger that's a, oh, they're actually wow. a much bigger yeah. company when and once I they mush together but they're paying 8.6 billion which sounds like a lot of money for a company that only makes um i, I don't remember what the the millions of dollars 471 uh million dollars in the first half of 2021. So you're only talking about a $900 million annual company that they're buying for $8.6 billion. Is that a vast, you mean? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound right, but here, let me put yeah. this in a different perspective for you. That's when a we nutty say, multiple. They're paying, it's about a billion dollar, you know, it's a $900 million in turnover annually, and they're paying a crazy, like a 9x multiple for that business. Well, no. But here's the deal. Think about it this way. And this is why I say it's not a crazy number. Because unlike a lot of what we've talked about, about where are they getting these crazy valuations and blah, 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 blah. Think about this. They're not buying a vast. They're buying their customers. So if you take the $8.6 billion and divide it by the 435 million users, you're only paying $20 per customer. It ain't crazy then. 
You cut twenty bucks you, for customers. Every business knows what it takes. I know in every right. real estate business how much it costs me per customer. Like right. I have a marketing budget, right? I get X number of clients from that. You divide that out, and every business know what it costs to get a customer in the door. Right. A customer yeah. and twenty dollars is Nothing. insanely cheap per customer. Right. So Norton is paying twenty dollars per new customer. That's nuts. That's listen, and all the data that goes along with it, because it's not like they're acquiring a new customer at twenty dollars. They're acquiring a, an existing customer with um, long-standing history, and there's exactly listen. As much as we look to these other companies to protect us from other corp, like we're going to big corporations saying, "Hey, can you protect us from the other big corporation?" Like, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm just saying they're going to collect. Your, they're collecting the data too. They're looking at the data as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, well, they get uh, to collect the data from Avast now. Mesh it right. with what they have. Look, right. Norton went through a period of time in the the, the late 2000s into the 2010s that didn't have a great name. That I think they sat back on their laurels a little bit. Where Norton, yes. they didn't keep up with the newer viruses. Mac that were McAfee out. was out there just absolutely killing it. Right. So, and then you come uh, not up, John Avast, McAfee, the company. <laughs> yeah, John McAfee was out there doing something else. May he rest in peace. If he's Avast was shooting up, right, and that kind of stuff. So, I think that they get if they handle this right. Now, these are both publicly traded companies. I want to make that clear because look, this is Market Explainer. I want you to know that if you own comp you own stock in Avast, which has done pretty well for you overall. It's been down the last year, but done pretty well with you. Uh, I know this is a little technical for most of us, but I wanted to get it out there. You have two options if you own stock in Avast with Norton purchasing Avast. Um, you have two options. One of them, you get $2.37 cash. Here's your here's your cash for your, each share, and you get one-fifth of a share. So every five shares of Avast, you can get one share of Norton. Norton. Or you can take a bigger payout up front at $7.71 a share, and you only get three-tenths of a share of Norton. So depending on how you think it's going to grow totally, right. if you if you think Norton's a good investment, you would take the first option. If you don't think Norton's going to be an investment, you take the bigger payout up front and go on about your business, right? So I know that gets a little technical, but no, people I'm, need to know what they can do. Of course. I'm, and listen, man, I'm... Give me cash today. That's my always. <laughs> I'll take cash now. Oh, well, you might be worth more later. It, okay. it just depends. Look, Norton with these subscribers and stuff like that. The what really hit Avast, and this is this is every company goes through this when they change. Avast, right. what's their business model? Get people in for free, and then you upsell them on. Hey, right. here's a better product. Additional here's a better service. whatever, right? Which is working for them. The problem with subscription fees is when you go last year, they decided as a company for whatever reason that they went from a monthly premium to an annual premium. And when you go for that, Avast did. So when they went through that, they lost subscribers because people, for whatever reason, don't like that bigger dollar amount, right? right. Yeah. It doesn't matter that $5 a month is sixty dollars a year? I want to pay yeah. five dollars a month. Yeah. So here's the thing: I'd rather pay for 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 a year. Like I was also saying before, where I think they should develop more cybersecurity products for the consumer. How mm -hmm. come they don't? Do they offer a VPN right now? Because they should be offering a VPN service. They absolutely do. And and huh? this is this is but, where 
I think Norton is ultimately going, and we've talked about how work from home is here to stay, right. is if they can take this clients, right? Their clients, yeah. these 435 million new clients, right. and market the work from home, VPN, other service other products stuff, to protect yeah. them, they had now have a built-in audience that they can offer those services directly to, and that doesn't even count the employer side. That's right, just, yeah. hey, do you want to protect you at home, even though you're logging into your company's Computer. accounts and computers and whatever, do you want to protect yourself? I, listen, I, you know, this is aside from this story, but I, I don't think it's not just work from home is here to stay. I think a lot more people because of this are going to be freelancing in one way or another, right? Mm -hmm. I think corporate interests and the interests of the individual are going to align in a manner that puts a lot of people in the freelance category because they end up, you know, their job wants them to do things they don't want to do to go back into the office. So they say you have to come back into the office. And they go, mm, I think so. Right. And they're saying, I think I read somewhere something like the average Google employee that decides to work from home permanently right. is going to lose something around 25% of their income just by not refusing to, by refusing to go to the office. Some companies are, are trying to incentivize some people coming back, but that's a small, that's a small yeah. group. And well, they I, I get just, to proven whether that actually does what they it want works. it to do. Right. And those things really pivot really easily. If everybody goes, all right, then cut my pay by 20%, which millennials will do, by the way. Right? right. Yeah. Right. Listen, for the, um, but, uh, for being at home, yeah. But now you put that and you switch that up and go, okay, well, what about one of the stories we talked about last week about cloud services and cloud computing? Yeah. How did these tie into that? Because cloud computing, everything's on a server. Nothing's yeah. in front of you but hardware. So right. how do these things fit into that in the future of cloud computing and, and right. stuff like that? And if they because, do... Right. Because if, uh, you know, if a company like VMware, which is a Dell last week... Mm-hmm. If they have an infection, it's not their machine. It's all the machines. Exactly. And so cybersecurity is hugely important for them. And hey, listen, here's how one, one way I measure like the growth of the cybersecurity industry is, you know, if you want to go get, I think it's 16 weeks in a lot of places, well, they'll certify you to do cybersecurity, IT security in 16 weeks. Faster really? than a bachelor's degree. Yep, faster than a bachelor's degree. 16 weeks, and they're like, we'll place you at a company, and you don't have to pay us. There's a bunch of these services out there now saying, we'll teach you how to be a cybersecurity expert in 16. Some of them are 32 weeks, um, which is a, you know, a whole two semesters of a university, but that's still one year, and you can actually go out there and work. So when, when an industry explodes in growth like this, they need workers. So that's one way I'm measuring the growth of cybersecurity. That's one way to measure it is the need for workers such that they are lowering the barrier to entry to get anybody through the door. And let me tell you something. I have people in my family, people that I know that were just around when, you know, just computers in general were becoming a thing. They had a little bit of knowledge and it advanced their, it was a, it was a surf. They were able to just surf in. Sure. And they were able to grow with the industry. And by the time they were executives at places Oh, then all of a sudden someone over here offers a bachelor's degree in it, and now you need a bachelor's degree to get the job. And but, you're grandfathered well, in because you were before yeah. the bachelor's degree. No, I, I look, I, there was an industry I was in way before that. But yeah, look, and I, I'm pretty almost certain, I, somebody would have to fact check me on this, but I'm pretty certain that cybersecurity is one of those Google 
classroom kind of thing yes, that you yeah, can yeah. almost do on your own and get a Google certificate, right? It's grow. In cybersecurity. Whatever it is, but Google, right. directly from Google, right? Google's right. putting out these classes and certificate classes, right? right? On a lot of these subjects that are very IT specific. And right. you, if you if Google's giving away a cybersecurity certificate for free right now, I think and it's five hundred bucks, man. It doesn't matter. I don't if it five hundred dollars is next to free. Right. All it's right? free. Hey, but nonetheless, listen, this is Mark Explainer. We're not here to talk about the craziest stories, but we are here to explain stuff that's happening in the marketplace and you know, grateful to the big man who actually paid attention and was <laughs> reading the you know was like because when you said four hundred and thirty five million users, I was like, mm, there's no way. And then I looked it up. That's correct. So, yeah. Well, you know, I am from time to time, which is actually most of the time, whether you give me credit or not. Right. Again, yet again, knowledge, uh -huh. lunacy, but hey. Yeah, no, no, hold on. I'm correct 100% of the time. <laughs> Only according to Danny, and do not fact check that at all. No, go you ahead. can fact check that, but you just have to go through my fact checking company. Oh, so, is that what it is? Pay Danny, yes. and he will tell you exactly what he wants you to know. That's correct. But before we move on to this next story, I want to tell you about our, our sponsor, Acre Gold. The new store of value, you can meet it today. It's the same as the old store of value. Gold. Acre Gold lets you, with a subscription model, save up and buy two and a half grams of gold at a time. You give them 50 bucks a month. And when that 50 bucks equals the cost of two and a half grams of gold, they ship it out to you. I love gold as not just an investment, but a hedge against inflation. Inflation is not on the news at all right now. I wouldn't worry about that whatsoever. It's not like it's 12% a month. But um, you can click down in the link down in the description down below. You can see our, uh, you can go to gold and you can buy gold. We get a little kickback. Yeah. Yeah. Look, everybody knows how this works. This is nothing new, folks. Yeah. Use the link, it's buy the gold, which you should be buying anyway. Right. We get a kickback. Of Do course. It. Yeah. This next story, of course, I don't know. The big man's going to probably say something like, My other thing, this is a story. Now I'm sorry. Hey, what? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> um, actually, this is a really good story. This is, this uh, is, this is actually, you know, one that I'm probably going to take it in a way that Danny doesn't know or like or understand, but, you know, hey. Okay. Target is going to pay 100% of college tuition and textbooks. In a bid to attract new workers, some of you may or may not be aware, there is a labor shortage in the country. Um, a lot of people attribute, you know, high unemployment for, you know, people. They're getting a lot of money in unemployment. A handful of states have discontinued federal unemployment for that reason. to force people back in the market, back, back to the workforce. But a lot of it has to do with um, the economy got shut down. And people had to figure out how to make do. I think this is part of the problem, part of it. People had sure. to figure out how to make do, and so many people um, started an OnlyFans account. They started selling stuff on Etsy or Shopify. They were like, I have to do something to survive. And that survival mechanism turned into a, a real opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I think a, a portion of people who might not have thought of themselves as entrepreneurs forced into entrepreneurship and now they're going how did i go back to work <laughs> well i think it's I, I think that definitely is a slice 
right? That is definitely a percentage of people that that's happened to. Um, I am, and again, we are not a political show. This is a a business uh, news podcast. podcast. These are my opinions, not a political statements. They are my opinions. And my opinion, part of this is, is, and, and look, screw Target and everybody else that is doing this. I do not believe that there's a labor shortage. I think there is a a, a people aren't willing to do what they were willing to do for the pay that they were willing to do it, right? Think about, look sure. at these industries that are labor shortages, restaurants, retail, all yeah. of these people that get spit on, kicked on, chewed on, beat on all day, every day for the least amount of money on the planet. And right. and, and that cost incentive of doing that, how many videos, and again, I know you're not a TikTok user, but one of the biggest TikTok no. trends right now is people going, okay, if we're going to shut down again, I'm no longer going to be essential. <laughs> I'm yeah. staying home this time. I worked all of last COVID. I'm not doing it again. I'm sorry. Right. You know what I mean? Corona, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, what, I'll clip to that. Um, yeah. But um, uh, I'm no longer going to be essential. And here's the deal, yeah. folks, is why... And look, this is all great. I mean, it's a great story. Target is going to give you free tuition, free this. But I don't think it's a great story. Let me tell you what I think it is. Um, I, I am nobody. I, I think that minimum wage is zero. I don't think you can do anything to lift the minimum wage. It is, it is impossible. You cannot do it. It's like gravity. It's zero dollars. People can make nothing. Here's the situation. When people don't want to work at a certain job for a certain amount of money, you have to pay them more. Right. And that's called the market. The market is responding. And this is what someone like me, and it's not a political show, but I'm open about the fact that I'm a a hardcore capitalist and I believe that the entire government should be privatized. But this is the market responding to those jobs saying, we're not doing it for this much money anymore. Right, exactly. The The government doesn't have to come in and say it needs to be 15 or 20 People are saying we're not doing it for 10. And Target is stupid, not stupid, but Target, in this particular sense, um, any of the corporations are going, we don't want to pay more money. We're going to throw free tuition at people. And I, I've seen so many of these programs. We're going to pay your tuition. Now you, you go pay the tuition, you submit it to the company. I don't know if this is how they're doing it, but I've seen other places. No, do they're, it they're doing it directly to the university, and we'll get into okay. that in a second because that to right. me is one of the most interesting parts about this okay. story. So we'll leave that for, for, the, for later, but what I'm saying is then just pay them more money. Just pay them more money. See, that's my thing. Screw you and your free tuition and your free books. All of those, again, I don't get any of this. Just pay them more money. I don't understand what any, because I agree with you. To me, raising minimum wage is not an answer. But but here's what's happened. So many people got kicked out of the market, kicked out of the workforce, kicked out of the workforce. Mm -hmm. Whether they downgraded their lifestyle i don't know what they did whether they said screw this i'm going to go to van life i'm going to make a thousand dollars a month doing van or whatever you know right they had to figure out how to survive and they went i'm not going back to that kind of beer that lifestyle that job that dead-end job working at target working at walmart whatever it is mm-hmm. i'm not going back to that for such little money and if you so and i'm going to if, if i ever build a huge massive corporation which is not something i'm likely to do because it's not in my personality type i'd rather mm-hmm. own investments and i just don't want to be that hands-on but i'm just saying like if i was to ever do that i would have a strict thing where it's like we're not everyone's a 1099 contract 
we're going to pay you the maximum amount of cash that we can put in your pocket. You figure the rest of it out. And if you want to go to college, take it out of your money. Like, they're doing this because they understand one thing. This is a carrot they're going to dangle in front of people's faces. But then, how many people, they're going to go, I'm going to apply to a job at Target because they're going to go to college. How many people are actually going to figure out how to actually get Target to pay so they what? know they're not going to have to pay? And how many people are going to actually use... See, this is this is what I hate about incentives. Is Target can come out and be all over the news. You and I sit here and talk about this because they're doing this to help recruit people and keep people just, and just create, an, on Twitter. And create an educated workforce when here's the reality. They are offering a service, regardless of how it's completed, and again, we'll get to that in a second, that right. they know that at least a large portion of the people that go to work for Target will never use. They get the they get the all the accolades of the corporate responsibility exactly. from having done it. They get all the good PR. They go, hey, Walmart and Amazon fulfillment. They're not paying for you to go to college. It's like they're everything on late night infomercials that order uh, offer a money back guarantee. They yeah. know that nine out of ten times, whether it works or doesn't, you won't jump through the lo the the hoops of getting your money returned to you. And this is the, the same thing. Yeah. What are the hoops? You know what I mean? Yeah. It so doesn't matter how low level the hoop is. Even mail us back what you didn't use. People right. aren't going to do it. If it requires anything, they're just not going to do it. And uh, so I, I'll give you a firm example, and then we'll move on to how this is working because I think that's the most interesting part. My nephew, 17-year-old kid, right, high school kid, working or whatever, um, at the height of last year was making $18 an hour to get your groceries, right, that you ordered online to bring out to your car, he was being, getting paid $18 an hour to pick groceries off the shelf and put them in a bag and put them in your trunk, $18 yeah. an hour. But as soon as the number of those shoppers diminished because the spring yeah. and whatever, what did yeah. they do to his job? Gone. 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 Now, this is my point. And again, I'm actually all for that. You don't need something and you're paying somebody a lot more. You should be able to. But that's that to me is this target's trying to get by what you and I just said. I don't care about minimum wage. If if you can't get somebody to do that job, you got to pay somebody more to do it. Don't what? give these little stupid incentives. Don't tell me you think I'm dumb, which is what right. to me you're doing. Yes. Right? Like this is your call. Here's the thing. Again, I'm just saying I'm not some... We're going to fight for 15. That's the opposite of what I am. I'm just saying that you're telling me that I, I don't know the difference between money and college tuition reimbursement. I know the difference between, like, hey, guys, I want more money. Best we can do is a uh, ping pong table in the break room. <laughs> I want more money. Yet. But you can wear much? jeans on Friday, Danny. You can wear jeans on Friday. Mm -hmm. Wacky shirt Wednesdays. Right, yeah. Right? Like, I don't care. Can we get over this culture crap? I mean, seriously, I get that every business needs to be cohesive and you need to work as a team, and I'm all for that. But can we get over this culture crap that I'm supposed to be loyal to you when you know at the drop of the hat you are never loyal to me? And, and let's. Can we get over that and just simply yeah. go back to you want me to do a job, I'm willing it to do it for X price, and let's right. all move on from there. I will spend, if I want to go to college, I'll spend it. If I want it, yeah, you know what I mean? I 100% agree, and I think that is, there's a lack of basic market understanding of 
there's all of this corporate culture. These consultants come in and they say, we need to say special words. And nobody cares. No, nobody cares. Here's the real winner of this story, and most people will miss it. It's called Guild Education. Guild Education is the name. Okay. Here's the real winner. Guild Education is a company that goes around because Target, Target is not going to University of Texas and saying, hey, can we negotiate down a, a, right. an admissions right. and books prices and whatever? No, no, no. That would be way too difficult, right? Yeah. Guild Education, which nobody's heard of ever, I just, I just heard of it right now. Okay, is a multi-million dollar business right. that does that, and they partner they, with places like sorry, University of Arizona, the uh, Rice University in Houston, Michigan State University, all these nonprofit colleges that every state right. university in every state, they go to places like Target and say, hey. You want to offer this to all of your clients. Here's a list of colleges, and here's right. a list of degrees that apply to your business. You pay the tuition directly yeah. to the university, so right. you don't. Have, there's no reimbursement process or whatever. Right, right, right. You yeah. pay for the books or whatever, and guess what the college does with some of that money? What? They give it to Guild Education. Of course, yeah, because they got the because they, they got have, the partnership. Yeah, of course, yeah. and that's how all of the listen. It, it's a referral bonus, right? It's so, but again, this is an industry that honestly, I didn't know an industry as far as what Guild Education does. I didn't know existed a day ago right? Okay. until I started looking into this story. And they're the winner. Yeah. They're the winner yeah. in this. They, I know someone in Austin, um, actually. I have their business card somewhere upstairs. Um, I know someone in Austin who their full-time job is helping kids go, figure out what college to go to and, yes. and sign up for different... Um, incentives programs, different uh, tuition grants, fill out applications. Yes. yes. They guide you through the process. We don't charge the student a penny. I remember this guy saying that repeatedly. We don't charge mm -hmm. him anything. And he gets, he's getting stupid dummy kickbacks from the universities, from the programs, because some of these grants, the government grants, they have to get them kicked out or they have to get them mm -hmm. sent out. And so there's all these incentives. And listen, for that guy, he figured out how to navigate the waters. Good for him. Let him get paid. For Guild Education, let him get paid. They're and getting paid. And here's the kicker, Danny. No bucks. Here's the kicker. The yeah. co-creator, co-owner, and current CEO of Guild Education, yeah. Stanford College Dropout. There you go. I love it. I freaking love it. <laughs> I love any time. I love any time a dropout is going around promoting the thing that they left. Like I dropped out of college to start this business. That's exactly Rachel Carlson. Rachel Carlson, current CEO of Guild Education, Stanford dropout, right? To create and start this, like that is see that to me is the real story behind this Target story. Like Target doing right. it fine, whatever. Just pay people more money, you'll get more employees. Yeah, Easy, done. Hard. You're yeah. stupid, right? right? But this, the winner in these, and guess what? Their business is just going to grow because companies out there. They are hard-headed because they right. know if they pay employees more, that goes to the, they takes away from the bottom line, which right. stockholders don't like. But right. if they offer perks, these perks are tax write-offs. They're perks, right? right? Mm. They can write them off. It lessens the bottom line. And and I I, look, I would just get rid of them. Look, I, I right. I'll say it. I, I I like you. I'm a capitalist in a different way. I've got a bigger heart. I don't believe in the anarchy yeah. part. I don't believe. I believe we should still have. A, we have a responsibility to people. Danny doesn't necessarily I don't have agree with that. Anybody. 
However, I am a capitalist in that stop all of these dumb, dumb... <laughs> yeah, see, that's Danny. That's Danny's true face right there, folks. That's he's, my an, real face. He's, a, he's an anarchist capitalist or whatever he calls yeah. himself. But... I don't. I don't believe anarcho-capitalist. Excuse me. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy you a shirt that says anarcho-capitalist right there. Um, my point though is, is, is stop offering these dumb things and just pay people. Just pay them. You'll find all the employees you want, and it'll probably cost you less in the long run to retain them. Because well, I think if you if you go out there and you start paying kids whomever twenty bucks an hour. I think you're going to find the right kind of workers, you know? Yeah, and Rachel so. Carlson and, and Guild Education. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, man. I just, I, I found a new superhero. I found a new person yeah. that I'm going to have to follow on Twitter. And, right, you know what yeah. I mean? Maybe we can get her on the podcast here to talk about how she thought this, this, because it sounds like a scam to me. It's not a scam, it's a business <laughs> model. But it feels like one. a Stanford college dropout creates yeah. a business that gets kickbacks from colleges for finding businesses that want to yeah. send people to college for free. It sounds like a scam. It feels uh, like a scam, but listen, she's would, making millions, Danny. Millions. Um, uh, of course, listen, uh, one party note, I think university, general university education, for 90% of the people who go is a scam. That's just my opinion. The return but, on I mean, I don't know about scam, but return on investment is sure. definitely not there in most industries. I agree with that. So let's just with that, um, um, where we both agree on something for the first time in history of the show. Let's move on to this next um, uh, this next uh, story. story. But first, I want to tell you about Big Man Deer. Big Man Deer surveyed this guy right here, right there. <laughs> um, BigManDeer.com. You can go there and forward you to the Amazon Prime store where you can get all of the Big Man's merchandise. Um, I think it is everybody's goal in life to become an influencer so they can have merch. Everybody wants to be Logan and Jake Paul. So <laughs> um, you can go to bigmangear.com because who doesn't need another T-shirt with a fun, quirky, horny thing on it? That's right. So that's bigmangear.com. But this next story, as I just said, sponsored by bigmangear.com, is Churro submits a draft registration to propose that they're going to go public yeah, an IPO. It's called an S1. But they, they filed their S1. And they're not going to go SPAC, which surprises me. Firstly, secondly, never made a profit in their entire existence. What are you doing? Like, secondly, but that's, thirdly, this is why they're not going SPAC. This is why this company should not be on any list for IPO, SPAC, for nothing. It's a right. losing business model and has never made money and is not... This whole BS part of this, we're looking to be profitable in 2022. You're lying. You're lying yeah. out of your teeth. No, no, hold on. They're looking to be profitable, but they know they ain't going to be profitable. Come on. First of all, Turo, awful name. Awful name says hey, nothing about what on. their business model, Listen, but what they do. Am I, am I a host on Turo? Well, probably. Do I have a small fleet on Turo? That could be possible. So let's not, let's not just start pissing all over Turo. So let's Turo, just tell everybody what Turo is, Danny. What is so it? Turo is Airbnb for cars. So right. the basic concept is if you're a host on Turo, you rent out cars on Turo. There's a, there's, listen, like every other industry, there's somebody who wants to sell for thirty to three ninety nine. Click here now. I'm going to teach you how to become a billionaire on Turo. 
Well, and look, the most profitable, if you can say that, part of their business is convincing people out there to rent out their luxury cars, their Lambos, yeah. their, you know. Yeah. So this is their profit. And again, but how many people out there are willing to rent out their Lambos, their expensive yeah. cars right. to these idiots? All you need is somebody to, to crash that $400,000 car. And do yeah. you, it, insurance, does so Turo, Turo pick up that, you know? So Turo has a split and it depends. You can decide on want to split the, the, the net earnings 60-40, 70-30, and you decide what happens. But here's what ends up being the case. Now, this isn't everybody. This is just a little bit of research that I've done on my own. But it, it turns out that in situations where vehicles are totaled, not, not only is the insurance company going to drag their feet, guess who else is dragging their feet on getting you your payments back? Yeah. So, Look, you're talking about a company that wants to go IPO that in 2020, or I'm sorry, 2019, Danny, lost yeah. $47 million. Lost. You only lost $50 million? And you want to go IPO. Oh, yeah. I, we're ready. We're ready you're to go ready IPO. To go we only lost $50 million. Listen, this is what I... This is, this is how wealth is transferred from... Middle income to, to high, you know high middle income earners to wealthy people. Wealthy people put up the investment. They put up all the, the put up all the money. The the business never turns a profit, but they they have a cultural significance or something. Mm -hmm. And then what what do they do? They go public, and the public they just start. Hey, stock, and the public buys up the stock, and then the wealthy billionaire who put the money up in a failing business. It's Get, and gets out, gets paid yeah, and gets they, out. Their risk yeah. is over. Their right. risk is over. They've made not only their money back, but all kinds of profit. And now my risk is over, right? And they're on to the next one. And they're on to the next, uh, you know, so here's, here's my deal. Okay, so in this article, they say, and again, say, because part of, if you're not part of the SEC yet, right, right. or any of that, your accounting is not verified by other oh, accountants, right? Yeah. That's part of SEC filings and blah, 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 That's right? That's what the S1 does. It, it, so, it the they, when they filed this, they're saying, unverified, saying that they, they've had their first quarter of profitability. Now, later in the article, they say, buried at the bottom... They say how they gain profitability is they let go a third of their workforce. <laughs> so, oh, we've had our first quarter of profitability. That's awesome. Great. How did you do that? We laid off a third of our workforce. What do you yeah. do? Like, right. So here's the thing. This is accounting tricks. So, so basically what's happening here is um, they, they were, they, it's, it's, they knew that they could have been profitable, but they carried all these extra employees. They fire everybody. Listen, Bob, bro, you can't make money as a business that rents cars in the car rental apocalypse year of 2020 <laughs> right. 2021, right. where all of the car rental companies sold off their rental cars. And then on the back end, I know somebody who's renting a car right now from one of the largest car rental, private car rental companies in the country, in the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. They got pulled over and the police said, your vehicle doesn't have legitimate registration. They plates off of a different car. The guy renting the car goes, I rented the car for the paperwork. This right. is, it says the license plate number. He goes, okay, I'm not going to give you a ticket because it's not your fault, but they have to come pick up the car. 
Car rental companies had four days to come, but they haven't done it yet. So the car rental companies are on fire. They're a mess. Right. And if you can't make money in that in that season without fire, if that's the only way you can make money is we had a fire everybody. Right, a hundred people, which is a third of their workforce, which I guarantee you was an upper or middle management. Yeah, it was on the lower end. Yeah, it was on the low end of people doing the work. But now you're working on two thirds of the staff trying to get more work done because you're trying to grow. Right, this is classic shoot yourself in the foot when you're already six feet under. I we're gonna have to put this on the calendar to look at again six months from now because I I might have to challenge myself in some stupid way to because if this company makes ipo or the sec allows this company to go public and barring some huge change right right, it it's insanity how how is how is the sec worth anything if they allow a company like this to go yeah i think this might be your first red pill they man um i expect them to pass with flying colors through all of the oversight from the SEC. Um, I'm just thinking personally, now I've never used Turo and probably will never use Turo, but I'm saying, you know, I might rent cars on there because other people want to rent from me. But I'm just saying, uh, I I don't understand. Well, I guess this this goes to show how much of what we believe is the market is, uh, fake might not be the correct word, but our belief or understanding about what the market is, is a misunderstanding. Because the yeah. real market is this. This is the real market, right? And so yeah. that 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 old that old saying, caveat uh, emptor, buyer beware. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's where this is coming. That's where this is. It's buyer beware, baby. You gotta you gotta have some awareness here. That when it comes to, I'm, I might rent cars on their platform, but I'm not going to like use it for my personal use ever. Well, but they're not the only one in this space either, right? There's Get Get Around around. and there's a couple of others, but they're not not even the leading one in this space. I think they might be the leading in the peer-to-peer car sharing. Well, well, what I read about it, but again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're the leading one or not because they're still unprofitable. Exactly. So they're not going to public. That, uh, it's just insane to me, right? Like, I, but again, you're might right. We'll have to check back in on this. We'll do this as one of our updates or whatever our special That's programs. Gonna be, it's going to be exclusive to Patreon now. You have to get the bottom level, and all, we're going to get some new content going over there. But yeah, this this is listen, and this is one of those things. In during the uh, you know the, the panini, um, I had extra time sitting around. I said, you know, how do I get in the car business? Because I love cars. Sure. Uh, but I don't want to go be in the retail business of selling used cars because that's a nightmare for me, a guy like me. Mm-hmm. And I stopped to row and I started investigating. And the more I learned about the platform, the more interested I was in being a host, the more I go, I'm never using this service. No. I would much rather go to the, the counter at the airport and get regular a regular carbon insurance. Now, if I wanted a fancy car, this might be the way to do it. But if you look at a lot of markets, they don't always have the fancy stuff. Like, that's where they're – sure, if you're in Southern California, if you're in South Florida, they have cool stuff. But in other places, not so much. Yeah, depending on where you go. It's, but again, look, how many people, really? And this is why I think this business model is doomed. That's where yeah. they're making money. But how many people, realistically, on any given day, in yeah. any city, 
are out there looking to rent a luxury car. It's a, what percentage of the hundred percent of people that need a rental car every day? What yeah. percentage need a Lamborghini? What percentage right. need something like that? And and in most of the cities where services like this, where, where Turo and get around and stuff are popular, um, it, Enterprise has an exotic. Enterprise has an exotic rental. It's off of six twenty in in Austin. Absolutely. Um, and uh, they have zero good inventory right now. That's my opinion. Um, they don't have anything cool. But if you, if I wanted to go, I'd go over there because I can checkmark liability waiver, all this other stuff, and be like, if I crumple this thing, you don't get a sue. When it comes to a company like Turo, mm -hmm. it's not that they're necessarily bad at managing it. It's just there's an owner, there's an insurance provider, then there's Turo, mm -hmm. there's the platform. There's too many layers here. And I got to talk to 50 different people. Whereas with a company like Enterprise or Hertz or whomever, crash the car, you total it, you bought the liability insurance. Yeah, but a company like Enterprise, you may or may not know this, is Enterprise doesn't pay for insurance for their cars. They insure them yeah. themselves because right. they're a multi-billion dollar company. Right. Okay? Right. Turo, it hasn't... They don't have a dollar in their pocket, so they if you wrap that if you wrap that Lambo around a tree, yeah. Turo, I can't say right now can come help you. Well, it's not going to be Turo; it's going to be their insurance provider. But the question is, it's not going to be like if you go to a regular rental car company. So, in in a scenario where a regular uh, renting a Camry, okay, I'm going to go rent it from the counter, even if it's slightly more expensive, right. because I just I don't like Airbnb. I want to go stay at a hotel. I'm not a good millennial in that sense. Like, <laughs> it's the more authentic experience of visiting the world. Now, I want to stay in a hotel that I've heard of. <laughs> right? But, yeah, like, so I just think this is, it's a sign of the times, baby. That's what it is. You got no profit. You got no business talking about going public, and you're going public because, what? my guess, all of your investors are quaking in their boots, and they want out. And you can't give it to them because you don't have a dollar to spend. But here's the deal. I, I will and give them that. If, you don't want to go the, raise the D round because you're going to look like a D bag raising a yeah. D round at this point. And, and look, if there was one positive spin I could put this is, look, if if you have the ability to go IPO and you can pay off your investors and last a couple of more years and make a couple of million bucks somehow, some way as the CEO or CFO and, and all these things, and you have that opportunity, good on you. I don't think you should be able to, and I don't think you're going to pull it off. But but try. Good. On, I, think I mean, you're, I think you're going to soak your. I think you're soaking your shareholders, not your investors, your shareholders. If yep. that's what I think, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, this is market explainer. You're coming here for investment advice. It's on you, good, brother. Good. Good luck to you. Uh, before <laughs> we jump into this next story, I want to tell you about powerhouse drones. If you're looking into getting your first drone, if you're looking into just learning about drones, go to powerhousedrones.com. It's my website. It's an Amazon affiliate website. So find a drone you like on there. You click go to Amazon. A little old Danny gets a cut. Just a little bitty cut. Just a there you go. little bitty cut. You'll learn that about Market Explainer really quick is we don't mind sharing. And that's what, look, we all know yeah. what we're doing here, man. Come on. Right, yeah, of course. All right. So this last story is what the big man loves to call. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, yeah. So, Luis Vuitton, uh, and for those of you un unaffiliated here, 
Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy LVMH is one of the world's largest luxury goods companies. Is it actual Louis or is it Louis Vuitton? It is Louis Vuitton. <laughs> I've always Louis heard Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. There's yeah, no, in America, even though the S, Louis. it's you know yeah. Louis. It's, it's but. Louis Vuitton. Louis um, Vuitton. Louis, Louis, Louis Vuitton. Moet Hennessy um, is the world's largest. They are, I think, the CEO or the founder of LVMH is hmm. richer currently, right now, is wealthier than Jeff Bezos. Really? So yeah. So Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos were competing for richest person in the world for a while. Out of third place comes LVMH. So, um, well, there you he's go. Now number, he was number one the last time I Googled it, but by now, who knows? Who I knows? think, I think sending that dick into the sky kind of put a dinger in Bezos's <laughs> bottom line. But the reason we're talking about this is, uh, Louis Vuitton, um, they're trying to, as, as LV, Louis Vuitton has had a little more credibility in streetwear. Because you know they they you know they did all these partnerships with Supreme, and in order to it's such a boomer thing too. In order to attract those younger customers, they put out a mobile video game called Louis or Louis the game with thirty NFTs in it, um, uh, ten of which are by people, uh, which is kind of like the um, the Banksy of NFTs. But it's just such a boomer thing, like. What are the kids into these days? TikToker? Well, we're putting a TikToker inside of our green head. You know, it's just. So they created a video game, an yes. app specifically. They created an app game that is that follows the Louis Vuitton story way back 200 years ago. 1821. Right, and, and you know what I mean, this kind of stuff. And again, I, I read more about that story than I really care to know today. You know what I mean, about that him, it took him two years to walk to Paris and blah, 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 blah. Are you telling me Mrs. The Big Man doesn't have an LV purse? Oh, I, I have no doubt she probably does, but God, do I care. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't care. But so they, they created, and when I say they, they had someone create a game, yeah. right, that... that uh, with the idea of all these older brands, as you said, and you know way more about this brand, what's what's hip, than I do. Okay, I don't know or care. But my point, though, is is they're trying to connect with younger people, right? Right. Because you have this cyclical environment of people buying things. Champion came back. When I was a kid, champions were cheap, right? right it was cheap. Right. Nobody wore champions. And now champion is everything, right? So the point, though, is they're trying to connect with these younger consumers with money, right? Right. And they think, as you said, it's the most boomer thing that I have seen in quite some time. In right. that, if you ask a boomer to go into a high school today and make right. a speech about entrepreneurship, and you try to add in every TikTok slang term, every whatever, that's what this this looks like to me. Is Louis Vuitton somebody got taken for a ride for a game and probably got charged way too much because right. they said they went into a boardroom and said, "Hey, you know what an NFT is? Oh, you don't." That's what everybody's right. talking about. We're gonna put them in here. You know what a an app is? Oh, you those those things on your phone, right? Yeah, right. we're gonna make you a custom one, and by custom, I mean it's no different than anybody else's, but right. it has your name on it. 
this is this is like in every eighties movie or like nineties movie where the white teacher goes to the urban like yes. school and they sit yes. on a chair backwards and they put their hat on backwards and they're like, Hey man, I'm gonna hey. teach you about English with rap. You know? Yes, I'm gonna rap to you and we're gonna connect. And somehow I'm going to save you from your so, horrible parent household. Yes, for those that's exactly are, what this is. Yeah, so like LVMH's current creative director is a guy named Virgil Abloh, owner of Off-White. You know, he's kind of like, he's, a, you know, he's black, he's Kanye West's guy. So, um, you know, he's, 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 he's brought more of a streetwear urban flair to Louis Vuitton and Moen Hennessy. Here's the point. I don't know that they care so long as they're selling stuff, right? Yeah. So, in order to keep the brand aspirational for young people, this is how they do it, right? Well, but there's more effective ways to do it than be... This sounds to me like somebody young went into a boardroom of old whites, old people... That didn't... Whatever. Old whites that didn't like... That didn't know what they were talking about, right? But it sounded very convincing and good on whatever company did this and got paid probably tens of millions of dollars, right? And Louis Vuitton's writing it off. They're not looking to make any money directly off of this because the NFTs are all 30 NFTs can be earned in the game. They're not for sale. You can't go buy them. So they're not generating any money directly from the game. They want it as a marketing tool, which is probably what they were sold as. So I, and again, so I have no problem with them getting paid from that, but it doesn't, that their partnerships with, like they partnered in 2019 with League of Legends, one of the biggest games in the world. On the esports side or whatever, they designed, they had a, a, a company design clothing for the game in the game. Right. That to me probably cost them less and benefited them more reaching those is. people than a game that nobody's going to download. So here's what I think. I think this is genius. I think that I love seeing these companies, a company like Louis Vuitton, so old, older than older than most of the most things. Yeah, house, most. Right? Um, and the fact that they're willing to stay competitive and willing to try stuff, they're being Google here, okay? They're going, oh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? I, no. I think that's a stretch. All right, they're being Google. Okay. No, L- no, I- no, what I'm saying is they're being nimble, they're being flexible, they're trying stuff. LVMH has a market value of something like $415 billion, $415 billion. So yeah. that's a lot of money. So let's say they spent... 15 million, 15 M's on this program, which mm-hmm. I don't think they did. I, I don't think they spent 15 M's on it at all. Let's just say they did. He's nothing. Okay. He literally means nothing. And, and I don't mind that piece of it. Some company made a crap ton of money off of them, right? That they're going to get, did. you know, and, and good for that company. I, I, again, and look, this is a danger for any company, right? right. There is a danger of any company that doesn't understand something that comes in and spends a lot of money that they get no return on investment on because they didn't understand it, right? This is happening all over. You know, people, I see it in the whole industry of of social media marketers. 90% of them, in my opinion, are worthless. But they convince these old whites 
that yeah. no, I'm awesome it's, on Twitter. I'm it's awesome not about on white people. Okay, I don't think it's about white people. No, it's, I, it's okay. Old I, look, it's people. just these old people. Period. Okay. Yeah. That that don't understand. You know, they walk in. Oh, I've got fifty thousand. You know, Instagram subscribers or followers. So they think right. that that person. That, that that doesn't understand what Instagram is thinks that that's impressive, so they must know all social media because they have this one thing that looks impressive, which you don't even know if that is, right? Hey, my band now, my now band Twitter account of twenty thousand followers that got me a job once. So, well, but that's my point. Yeah. Is that that's my point? So some in my I if I don't know the story behind this, but that's what it sounds like to me is some company out there got in front of a whole bunch of old people that didn't know what they right. were talking about, right. and this sounded very cool to them. Oh, my grandkids are gonna love it, right? Well, yeah, my grandkid will will download the LV right. story and play the game, yeah. and well, that that could be the case. It also could be like I said, their their director, creative directors, Virgil Labla. It's very possible that Virgil Abloh was saying, hey, listen, NFTs are a thing, uh, phone games are a thing, let's just, it's a turducken. Let's just shove this thing into this thing and stick it all in the oven, right? what it is. How, how old is this Virgil Abloh? Not that age is everything. You can know about technology and be 80 he's years be old. His, he's got to be in his uh, mid, early to mid-30s. Real okay, so they have a First creative director that, at the very least, is in the age category that you would hope that they would know what they're doing, right? Right. So, yes. so, and again, I don't want to be ageist here or any kind of ist. That's normally Danny's thing. Oh, let me take it back. He is forty. Okay, so I I, I feel his pain, but my point is 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 so I, again that I usually use the ist stuff to Danny. I usually leave that right. to Danny. Leave, leave, leave it up to me. Okay, but this this sounds like somebody's taking somebody for a ride. I yeah. would be interested to see how many downloads this game actually gets. Right. Uh, it's not like it's going to be the next Crazy Bird or something like that. Right. I, 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 who's going to play this? I don't know. I just have one question. Why can't we be the people who are taking LVMH for $15 million? <laughs> of Again. Why, why, why so, do you want a podcast? Why can't we be that guy? You know? so, get, so Danny, as we all know, loves a good scam. Or what, you know, might be a good scam. This is not a scam. They paid for a product. They're getting a product, right? So it's not a scam. It, to me, again, is a little scammy that, that you, whoever company took their money, that no way Louis Vuitton is getting, that's not going to do what they think it's going to do, okay? It's just not. So so that's what I mean by scam. They're getting taken for a ride here. And, good, and, and again, they're getting what they paid for. So yeah, it's not a scam. So a couple of times here we've talked about today, you know, nice scammy behavior that, that Danny really enjoys, the, you know, the education service that's ran by yeah. somebody that dropped out of college, the, you know, the, the why can't we get $15 million for Louis Vuitton giving them yeah. a, a white-labeled game, game. app? Yeah. <laughs> that, you why, know. why are we... Why are we doing a podcast when we could be doing that? That's my only that, question. Because uh, I'm not that guy. Danny is, no. but I'm what? not. You know, closing out the show today, I do have some unfortunate news. This will be our last episode. I received a call yesterday saying that my social security number has been compromised and will be deactivated. So I guess I have to leave the country now. And asking you to click a link and verify all your other personal information. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to really need that Avast Norton (laughs) software here at Market Explainer. The Norton Lifelock of ass, yeah. D- Danny may be calling in from a street corner next week. <laughs> <Where am I? laughs>
All right, folks. We'll see you next time around. Bye now.